Uh, hello. Hello. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I hit the merge call button, so it better work. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I miss you. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm literally so sad without you. For our listeners, Ellie and I have been separated for I when did I leave the island? Like the eighteenth uh, or nineteenth of December. Yeah. And I just have to say that I have lived in seven states and I have never once been homesick and I now know what that's like. <laughs> I miss my island. I miss my people. Ah, Anywho. Anywho. How do you feel for a seal? I feel so good for a seal. For a seal, you'll feel good. You had a little cold for a seal, but that's okay. Yeah, isn't it like snowing up on Orcas right now? Or no, the snow doesn't start until the 15th. Amazing. So, okay, I'm sitting in my car right now because here's the situation. I just moved, right, and I am in between housing situations, and I need Internet. So I'm sitting in front of someone that has Internet, and I just saw someone take a feather duster, like like a like a Swiffer, like dusting thing out of their car window and start dusting off another car like while sitting out at a traffic light. Wow. I just, I just thought I should share that. Anywho, continue. That's special. Uh, yeah, the weather reports keep fluctuating between like we're going to get like two inches and then like eight inches. So it's going to be, it's going to be a time. I bought, I bought uh, chains for my tires today. Did not expect Whoa! Those. Did not expect those to be as expensive as they were. They are Classic. completely worth it. I'm not complaining, but I was like thinking they'd be like in the, like the fifty dollar range, and then he's like, "Oh, it's one hundred and thirty dollars for that," and I was like, "Great, grand, I <laughs> perfect. That's what I wanted. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I got those today. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Ellie's um, gonna be safe. Sweet. Yeah. Gonna be safe. We don't want to end up in a ditch because of ice. <laughs> you know, if we end up in a ditch, we want it to be voluntary. Voluntary. <laughs> with, with a possum. With a possum. This is an ongoing inside joke that Ellie and I have about me hanging out in a ditch. Um, <laughs> and picking shit out of your shoes. <laughs> picking shit out of my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at rocks. Chasing <laughs> moths. podcast we both work full-time and plus i'm busy chasing rocks <laughs> chasing rocks chasing mobs you know looking at rocks picking shit out of my shoes <laughs> anyways these people are probably about to tune out actually speaking of that we have had literally like in the last two weeks the amount of listens that we get like within the 24 hours has increased 100%, literally, like, the amount that we usually get in the first, like, day, we've been getting twice that, and our um, our following has gone up, so I appreciate you guys, thanks for listening to us, thanks for Excellent. caring, it's yeah. really cute, the group of you guys that do um, listen right away and wait for the episodes to come out, I do apologize that things have been, like I said, I'm in the process of moving, and Ellie's doing her thing, and I do more of the technology stuff because Ellie is a grandma and doesn't know how it works. <laughs> okay. So, I can't help it. 
I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> computers set themselves on fire when I look at them. <laughs> Literally, there was one day she, I walked out of the room for two seconds. I was just having her record like the intro to like, oh, you know, introducing one of our speakers. And she, like, I come back and the entire episode is gone. And I was like, <laughs> I was like how did you do that? Um, I Luckily, I had backup saved it, but, you know. Plus, we just have, like, technological difficulties despite knowing how, like, that I know how things work. Um, we still have run into things. So it's just easier that I do it. But anywho, well, yeah. thank you for your patience. We appreciate it. Thank you for your patience. Thanks for still listening to us. Um, this has been super fun. We've had a really fun time. Um, it's, you know, it's really cool to be able to talk to so many different people and gain perspectives and see how many people are really involved in this plight to save a Southern resident. And I was very inspired after listening to the episode that Ellie conducted this last week, um, just based on like what the, like, you know, what you had to say and what they had to say, it was really good. But I, I like that as far as the political stuff, like, you know, they just came out and said it and were like, it's, there's money there's big money involved and that's like what's holding us back um but i highly recommend that everyone watch the m2 extinction it's a wonderful film i think can you buy it online you could probably buy it online i believe so and then they wherever they do showings they they sell copies of the, yeah. the film um i think it's for sale on damn2extinction.com as well so yes. it's available yeah um i absolutely love, love, love talking to Michael Peterson and Stephen Holly. Um, Michael, oddly enough, writers, myself included, we are usually a quieter sort, but once you get them talking about things that like really wrap them up, Stephen was so passionate. I mean, he wrote an entire book on, on saving rivers and reverting them back to the wild states, but like I expected Michael to be the more more vivid and 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 emotionally charged one, and and that was clearly not the case. He was very right. I mean, he still spoke very emotionally, of course. Um, but but you got I got Stephen talking about all this stuff, and he's just so emotionally charged, and rightfully so. Um, but I just adored both of them. They're such excellent and admirable human beings. Um, I was so fortunate to get the get the chance to talk to them, um, and both of them very much are, you know, we we talked a little bit about cautious optimism in our Porp episode last week, and you know, basically that meaning that if you guys didn't listen to the Porp episode last week, that you know we we need to be hopeful for a future, but if we are going to be hopeful for a future, we have to act in a way that makes that future happen, and they absolutely backed that up. They time again affirmed that we need to act, we need to be involved. However you can get involved, do it. And yeah. it's, it's so wonderful to hear that. So Absolutely. And I, I definitely was able to feel that passion and that like, you know, emotionally charged bit that you're talking about through the interview and also through the brief conversation I had on the phone with the both of them. Um but you're totally right. Like, we have to take that action, but also have that hope. It's just that's the balance that we need. Um, and this is just further evidence for that case. So there you go. Yep. Um, um, bring mom along. Absolutely. You're cutting out really bad. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy. I just heard the oh boy pretty clearly though, so that's <laughs> okay. good. Oh um, boy. Oh boy. I said it was really fun to really fun to bring my mom along. Um, yeah, I'm so glad she did ask some questions on there, didn't she? Yeah, she did. She asked a couple questions. Good. Um, I I love that. See, this is what I'm saying. You know, is inclusivity is one of our core values in this, and we want to bring you know as many perspectives as possible. Like people who like I, you know, if somebody has something to say or they want to be a part of the conversation, but they feel like they don't have enough, you know, education or knowledge or whatever. Like what we have to say to that is is just come hang out with us anyways. You know, we want to hear what you have to say because you never know what people have to bring to the table. And, you know, um, I love that your mom was a part of that. Like, that's super awesome. And I'm not saying that your mom is, like, not educated or informed because she's probably way more informed about these issues than most people. However, that being said, just that's just my two cents on that in general. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was really special, especially to her, like, as a, a mother of four, four kids. She She can't. She doesn't have the time to be as involved as she would like to be. So her her way of like supporting, you know, this whole movement was every time she could, she would go and see Dam to Extinction and spread the word about it. I mean, she went and saw it when it originally premiered in Seattle at the uh, at the Egyptian Theater. She saw it when it came out at the Gig Harbor Film Festival, and then she found out that I was going to be interviewing these guys, and she's like, "I'm going to come up and see the movie with you." Yes. And so it just it's it it. it it touches her, this movie, I think, more than most, just because she, she is, and, and like, like I said in the interview, like, we're both in it, so, like, it's, it's very personal to her as well, so. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Well, I'm glad that she got to be a part of it and that you guys got to, you know, have that experience, and I think the interview went really, really well. Ellie and I talk on the phone probably, like, at least every other day because we're codependent and it's <laughs> close, um, but... Um, I had, I was saying to her before, I was like, you know, I'm so lucky that I found somebody that I can work with like you, where I can just like trust you to go out and do these things. And she did like a great job and she killed it. And like, yeah, it's just, it's awesome to have such an awesome podcast partner, gang gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, we didn't have any other questions again. I (laughs) only like semi close to questions that I have are again from my family members about frogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. I wasn't even going to say the question, but now we're getting into why do frogs not have nipples? Okay. Exactly. Animals need, like, our mammals have nipples so that they can feed their babies milk. And frogs aren't mammals, and they don't feed their babies milk. That's why frogs don't have nipples. There you go. So Tadpoles fend for themselves. It's a tough life. It's a tough life in the pond. Jesus. (laughs) Is that the name of this episode? It's a tough tough life for the pond. Yes. There you go. Um, nice. But, yeah, that's that's the only close to a question we have. I actually haven't checked the website in a while just because I've been busy moving and, um, you know, the housing situation is brutal out here. I, like, had some things set up and then it fell through, and so I've been scrambling to figure that out. And without, like, a, a stable place to, to do my work, it's a little bit hard. Um, but that being said, we're still doing it. We're still pushing through and doing what we can. I'm just not, I can't give it a hundred percent right now, unfortunately. Um, 
But, yeah, so ask us questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But, yes, so usually we do like to keep these episodes kind of light just because it is heavy talking about an endangered species. However, there is an entire continent on fire. Um, So I think that that takes precedence over other things. Um, So we were just going to shed some light on that. Um, So I'm sure most of you are aware that Australia has had some crazy bushfires that have absolutely devastated um, huge portions of their wildlife. Um, And if this isn't a signal to somebody that, climate change does exist and that environmental problems are real. I'm sick of hearing people say, oh, this is not something we'll deal with in our lifetime. I don't know what you're watching, what news channel you're watching. I don't know what you're looking at that does it, that that makes you believe this is not evidence for that, that you're not watching it go on currently. Um, so there's yeah. that. Um, but Australia's on fire. Great. Yeah. Well, and it's frustrating too because, I mean, climate denial seems to be – not completely strictly, but most prominent in American culture, uh, climate denialism. Um, however, worldwide, there is this, this drag uh, to do anything about it. And Prime Minister Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, who just authorized this big coal expansion project in Australia, absolutely has come out and said, well, yes, it is a climate thing, but we, there's, nothing, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, it's going to happen whether or not we do something about climate, which is absolute nonsense. Uh, it's absolute malarkey. So for those of you out in the world who are listening, I'm sure most of our, our, our listeners are American, but if any of you are out there in the world, not in America, um, and in America, I guess, definitely if, if and, and Deborah Giles during one of her talks uh, says, if the environment is not on the platform of the candidate you are potentially voting for, do not vote for them. Right. Your voice needs to be heard. You need to make sure your elected officials are being held accountable. Um, this is our world as much as theirs. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. And I think, um, you know, that kind of makes me think of all the controversy about being a single issue voter. And I do, like, I, I, I agree. I would usually say that you should not be a single issue voter. Yeah. However, that being said, environmental issues are the one, like, social issue that does not discriminate against anyone I mean, yeah. other than the rich because they'll be fine because they'll be able to pay their way out of situations. Um, however, is that going to matter if the entire planet is like underwater and on fire and et cetera? Like, you know, um, but ultimately, you know, you definitely, yeah, it's it, it now is a, is a pretty crucial time to make sure that you're voting for the right people and that you're prioritizing making sure that the environment is taken care of because believe it or not it is something that we all need i have a feeling that the people that listen to this podcast already know that and these are probably not the people that need to hear it um but you know what sit down and have that conversation and like you know it's like you were talking about it in your last interview they were like hey sit down talk about the southern residents talk about the fact that an entire continent is on fire also An interesting point that I I saw somebody bring up was that um, there was that one church that caught on fire like a year ago. The timeline is probably off, but, you know, there was that church that caught on fire that was like super old and billions of dollars were raised in like less than a week for that. An entire continent is on fire. Literally, literal lives are being lost. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, 
come on, people, let's wake up, let's get some things done. I really, I, you know, I, there is some hostility and some frustration in my voice. And I think that that's just because like emotionally, I'm kind of um, at my wit's end with seeing the way that our planet is treated. And honestly, it like, I mean, I've always kind of felt this way, but after like, I went down to the dams myself um, with a friend of mine, that was, that hit me pretty hard emotionally because I just went down there and I saw it like, and I'm just like, it became more real. And it was kind of like seeing the Southern residents, they became more real. And then today I saw a video of this guy rescuing a koala. So naturally I was like following my eyes. Oh, absolutely. Was that the one where they were holding hands? Um, I don't think that they were holding hands. I posted it on my Facebook, but we can show it on the Breaching Extinction Facebook too. But like he went over and gave it water and it was just like sitting there all sad and everything. And like, you know, it's really great that there are people out there that are, that are putting themselves in these harsh situations to try to save wildlife. But like, we need to get to a place where we don't have to save wildlife. And yeah. here's the thing, like the earth is like, you know, processes in life and earth processes are cyclic, you know? And unfortunately, if we do not maintain our planet, our planet is, is doing what it has to do and taking drastic measures in a sense to kind of counteract those balances. So like, essentially those fires could be getting rid of the people that are destroying this planet. And I, I'm sure this is probably a weird or like controversial thing to say, and this is not scientific. I mean, I'm, earth processes well, are cyclic and that is scientific, but like, yeah. well, you know, for me, this is more of like a karmic sort of or spiritual point of view, but come on people like take care of the planet. Cause people just forget that the planet is more powerful than they are. Like, I don't know why humans are so arrogant and think that they can just, like, run everything. Like, it's it's quite frustrating. Yeah, well, and then there, so there is a philosophy, and I think I've mentioned it on here before. There is a philosophy, philosophy called Gaianism, and it basically does treat the Earth as a superorganism. And at this point, if we're going to take that kind of philosophy, I mean, humans are a virus at this point and I mean they know that's kind of a throwback to the matrix a little bit with agent smith or whatever his name is or um but like this is a fever basically this is a fever to flush out the virus on a flush out the bacteria like the earth is gonna survive yeah there are many many things that are not going to survive along with the earth and afterwards if there are any humans left it's going to be a really 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 shitty existence for us, right. but I mean, the earth is going to carry on. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to continue living in the way that we are, like get out there, I mean, advocate for your earth, go, go to climate marches, go to climate strikes, right. To your representatives. I mean, really ultimately action needs to be taken and, and do, if you have the funds to do so, donate to, the Australian wildlife rescues donate to um, those those groups that are funding the volunteer firefighters and 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 actually I myself right now I'm knitting a pouch for for Joey's like they there are groups that are asking people to make mittens and make pouches and make blankets for these animals that they are rescuing so any anything you can do you should. Absolutely. And, and if you are somebody that does not have, have money or resources to to do these things, or you don't know how to knit, just have conversations with people. 
like, yeah, just have a conversation. And you know what? You We really, like, I, there's kind of this attitude of being passive about not having, you know, difficult or controversial conversations. However, that is, like, that is just some, some crap right there. Like, we, we need to have the difficult conversations. Then we can move past them and we can work through them. People have made mistakes. That's what they do. That's like that's that's literally what being a human is. We have to fix them. We have to make it right. Um, and so, I get that it's hard to probably talk to family members or friends who maybe don't believe in climate change or their belief systems are um, rooted in something that isn't fact based. And I just urge you to try to 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 talk through those processes with them. Um, I, you know, one of the tools that I found that's really good for communication is listening first, um, trying to understand and then going on to be understood, um, but also try to have compassion with people because they're more likely to respond if you come at them um, from a place of understanding and trying to consider their perspective as opposed to just being like, I am angry because an entire continent is on fire. Um, and I realize this is harder said than done because literally my stress levels are extremely high right now. Just, just having these words come out of my mouth talking about Australia, like literally my heart is fucking broken seeing that like that's a whole continent. And so I get it. Um, but you know, when we're trying to have those conversations with people, try to cater to the other people, I guess that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, if you want statistics currently, 17.9 million. You're cutting out. Uh, oh, I, oh I heard I heard it better. Go, okay, go ahead. Okay, so for those of you who are listening, if you want the statistics on this, like 17.9 million acres are on fire. Um, juxtaposed to one of the biggest wildfires, I think, in Canada, which was like, I want to say it was like 1.8 or something like that we had here in the Pacific Northwest a few years ago. Um, it was either Canada or Alaska or both. Um, and over there, the conservative estimate of how many animals have died in these fires is over a billion. So this, this is quite possibly one of the biggest wildfires of our time. So if we're gonna act, and, and Australia truly is one of, the, one of the places that is going to feel climate crisis, the worst. If we're going to act, we need to act now. Um, and that's absolutely, I mean, it's have those conversations, act from a place of compassion, but we need to do something. Yes. Like firm compassion in a sense, like, you know, um, don't let people walk all over you, but at the same time, don't be rude, you know, yeah. understand the line between the two and it's, and it's easy to get frustrated. And I'm sure that those people are, because it's frustrating for anyone. It's human nature that when you're told that you're wrong to blame someone else or to deflect. It's literally a defense mechanism, like just to protect yourself. And, you know, um, I had a conversation with a friend recently who um, there's somebody that we grew up with who is an avid Trump supporter. Um, she's extremely Christian and that, you know, that's fine. Everything, you know, whatever, but she um, also denies climate change and my friend finally I think had a conversation with her where she kind of got through and she could tell by that look on her face that like she was close to believing that it was a possibility however she was like her theory was that she was unable to do so because then she would have to admit that she was wrong and then also have to like take actions to fix it 
And it's, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of learning um, is that it's, it seems that it's always easier to make the bad choice. Yeah. Sense. Or to do this, like, like doing what's good and what's right is not always, it's not going to be the easiest decision. And I, that's just, I think a part of life. Um, But just, you know, from the perspective of, of the people who, who maybe are denying climate change and denying these environmental issues, try to maybe have some compassion and, and consider the perspective of they can't admit it because, because then they have to admit how fucked up it really is. Um, and, you know, that being said, do your best to support them in trying to kind of work through that. Um, but, you know, we all, we all mess up. We all do things that are, that are not okay. There's not a perfect human on this planet. There's probably not a perfect animal on this planet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just just do what you can. Have compassion, but also be firm in standing up for what's right at the end of the day. Because it's literally lives, and if people are going to argue with you about a life being important or not, like, that just, that is more telling on them than it is on you, so. Agreed. You're, but, you're not going to say Peaches isn't perfect? Um, Peach is pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. Actually, Peach is quite quite uh terrible sometimes we love peach we're happy that peach is a dog because she has some she's she would be not the best human um so when she misbehaves we're able to just pick her up and relocate her as opposed to letting her (laughs) off into the world turning her face away from whatever she's discriminating against by barking at them um but yeah when we tell her to get lost we put her in the closet to get lost. Actually, she chooses to sit in the closet, but we do tell her to get lost. <laughs> but then we tell her to come back. We'll say, come back, please. <laughs> she's, she's sitting here with me right now. She's being super cute. Keep their cute. You don't believe that? That's so rude. <laughs> That's so rude. We went to the beach today. Or no, we went to the beach yesterday. We've gone to the beach pretty much every day since I moved here because... I've been like stressed out just because moving is, is stressful. And that is one of the things that decreases my stress. Um, but she's loving it and she's living for it and she digs holes and she's disgusting. Um, but she's having a good time. So everyone there's, there's your positive bit since we just talked about a lot of kind of heavy, hard things that were, that are hard to talk about. Peach is thriving. And that is the hope that you need to hold on to <laughs> is that there is a, is a spoiled ass Pomeranian that acts good half the time and she's thriving. You just took a sick one of a humpback. Sick. sick. I know. I saw that. Oh, jeez. But he's got a few of them. Like, they're just, like, spot on. Like, right yep. when they're about to yeah. take the plunge, it's amazing. And they're just, like, he gets these ex- 
expressions in these animals that he takes photos of. And it's like, how long mm-hmm. do you sit there to wait <laughs> for these animals to come up to you? P- Pika. That's the other one. These little, so they're like little rabbits that live up in the alpine zones of mountains in North America. They are literally the cutest animal in the goddamn world. They mm-hmm. are so cute. And he's just got these amazing pictures of them. And moose and cheetah. Like, <laughs> and this is Chase Decker, D-E-K-K-E-R photography. Amazing. Yeah. Sick photographer. So far, awesome coworker. Has has been super helpful but yeah photographs are sick he also works for nat geo so he's like legit like legit. like i mean obviously like if you look on the instagram you'll see that it's legit but like legit legit so. and like and there's color like he like captures like these gorgeous colors i don't know how he does it it's like there's a picture of moose I don't know where, like somewhere in Denali or something, and it reminds me of your your whale tattoo. Okay, oh, yeah, that's like the colors that are that are in this photo. It's amazing. It's it's cray cray. So go follow him on the gram and look at some moose. Look at some cool animals. We love animals. <laughs> we love them so much. Ellie, what's your favorite animal? My oh geez, it's like picking my favorite child. I know. It's hard. It's like your top three. Top three? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Well, killer whales, obviously. What? I've never killer seen whales. a killer whale. Never. Killer no, whale. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty big on wolves, actually. Oh. Like land killer whales, but... Yeah, basically. And then I actually really like ravens. Oh, ravens yeah. They're really yeah. cool. Sweet. The bear. Bear, bear. I think, well, my, like, OG favorite animal, I grew up being obsessed with manatees because we had them at our zoo, and, like, I just would watch them all the time, and I think that's kind of how I, that's kind of what springboarded me into cetaceans. Um, I think my top three are belugas, killer whales, and lions. Um, lions just like wormed their way right into my heart. Um, I, it wasn't, it wasn't really on purpose. Like a lot of people really like lions and like, I get it. They're cool. And like, when I would see pictures, I'm like, oh, they're cool. But then when I saw them in the wild, like literally, like my whole heart sank, I was crying, like in a good way, like chills, like, oh gosh. Yeah. And they're just doing their thing. They're just, just lying around. (laughs) Uh, so there you go so there's that yeah there was one night did I ever tell you when we were in the Serengeti there was one night where no one could go to the bathroom because we were camping there and there was like two prides of lions just kind of like walking around growling at each other from like 11 o'clock at night to like 5 in the morning and we had these things called these people called Ascaris which essentially was like a security maybe and they were all lovely and really funny and great um however when they would like walk us to the bathroom like in the middle of the night they had these sticks and i'm like what if like so if a lion comes at you you're just gonna have a stick <laughs> like i don't know like i mean i get it i don't i wouldn't want to have you know something that would actually hurt it or anything either but like if, if that's your form of protection i don't know man Predators are oddly, like, easy to perturb. Like, yeah. 
if you act completely off the wall nuts, like not at all, like what a prey species would act like, like if you turn around and face them, like they'll freak out and they'll be like, oh, well, you mean business. So maybe it's Oh, gonna, you mean business. Maybe it'll take too much energy to take you down. So maybe I'll go check out this. Fair. Thing. Fair enough. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But amazing. Were you going to say something before that? Because I feel like I might have cut you off. I don't remember. Yes. Oh, I was going to say, so I made a really bad pun the other day. I can't wait to hear it. So the door handle at one of my jobs uh, doesn't always work. So a customer was coming in to the bakery and um, they like had to stop and like jiggle the handle like a couple times and then they came in and I looked at them and like didn't even miss a beat. I was like, I guess that door is really hard to handle. Wow. Wow. There it is. You did that. Good job. You did it. I can't wait. One day you're going to have to be my dad's girlfriend because she's the queen of puns. Like, it's bad. Like, I think that you and me and her and Andrew need to get together and just have a pun time. God. Oh, God. Uh, oh, man. All right. Well. I'm missing you. <laughs> it's just so sad, guys. Guys, you don't even understand. I'm so sad right now. Uh, oh, well, I'm going to squat up and move to San Juan Island. It's fine. Okay, yes. Ellie and I, again, like I said, we're codependent and we talk like every other day. And so we're going to have to, we're, we're planning on squatting up and moving back to the San Juan Islands. Probably, I'll probably end up back there in like two or three years. I'm going to do this job for a little bit and then, and then come back. But, uh. all right. Okay. <laughs> not, not that anyone cares about any of this. I'm well, a little bit. Yeah. We are very well, charismatic. What? I said we are very charismatic. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> and then Peach is very dramatic. Dramatic and manipulative. Manipulative. Okay. Well, now that I've screamed in the phone and made some horrible puns, <laughs> and then, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, you guys, cool. we hope you're having a great week. And we would love to hear from you, and we appreciate that we have basically, like, twice as many, like, listens within the same amount of time. That's really – it's really cool. We're having a fun time. Um, We appreciate that you care enough about our opinions to listen to us. Um, I'm honestly surprised. This is more so a project just for me personally to learn, Um, and then it turned into something else. And then now there are people that actually care about it, and that's really cool. So. Yep. We appreciate you. Yep. Um, we hope you have a great week. Um, yep. If there are things that you want to discuss, let us know. Um, same spiel as always. But, yeah, hope you guys have a, a whaley good week. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeepers. Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>